Hello, and welcome to Work and Witch, the podcast where we talk business and so much more with creatives, dreamers, and neurodivergent business owners that would simply implode if they didn't have a way to get the constant rotation of ideas out of their brains and into the world. I'm your host, Jackie, aka your cosmic bestie, and I'm so glad you're here. Let's get into it. I am feeling so lucky to get to welcome to the podcast somebody that I've been following online for a while and have looked up to and gained so much information from River, otherwise known as Seething River, on TikTok and Instagram as well, right? Yes, on Instagram. Thank you so much for being here. Um, so we're not here to talk about your day job. I just want to get that out of the way. <laughs> so somebody that's here to like get the details on River's day job, we're not doing that. Um, which I could happily chat with you about for a long time as a daughter of a midwife. But um, for the people that don't already follow you and know what you do online, can you tell us a little bit about what you do in that capacity? Absolutely. So um, I am a traditional Chinese medical herbalist, acupuncturist, and doula. Um, I prefer to refer to myself as a birth worker um, just because it's a little bit more encompassing because I work from like preconception all the way through postpartum. Um, I don't just work in birth, which is what most people think doula is, but I've been doing that for about, um, I want to say seven or eight years now. Um, And I've owned my own business doing that specifically for about five years. Awesome. And um, in your online capacity, because you're sort of the face of um, calm <laughs> witchcraft in the TikTok oh, community. I, I see. I'm sorry. No, no. Like, I, I don't want to talk about the specifics of where I I work, uh, like what I where I work from a geographic. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I don't want people to come and see me. I but I did think you were asking what. I oh no, yes. Oh. I and I like I said, I find it so fascinating, and I would have a whole. Ep- episode on that if you're ever interested in it, but <laughs> I didn't want to go too okay, deep so, into it for you. Well, thank you. Um, so I um, I just ramble about witchcraft on TikTok. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it's like um, not something I ever actually pictured myself doing uh, just because I kept it, played it really close to the chest for a long right. time. I am a Gemini and my... Um, Mercury is also in Gemini, but both of those are in my eighth house Uh and I'm Scorpio rising. So I'm incredibly secretive about all of the things that I like to talk about. Even when I'm talking about it, there are things that I won't talk about, which but I'll talk about how I keep secrets, (laughs) which I think is important for everything because so many people are just coming online and sharing everything all the time, constantly. So having, um, those lines and those boundaries where they're just some things that you don't share is amazing. And I will say, um, River so humbly said that you just talk about or you ramble about witchcraft online. And that's not true. You're so your information is so helpful. Um I found you online through your like mundane witchcraft series. And I have to say it was such I mean it still is, but like at the time it was such a fresh of breath or a breath of fresh air because it was just sort of this like mix of um, people sensationalizing things and just outright telling misinformation. Um, I mean, there's a whole right wing element to it that I'm not even going to get into. Like, there's just so many things happening on and then. 
it felt like a really balancing response to the just constant stream of witch talk drama. Um, Mm -hmm. So, and so much of which is just clearly for views. Uh, You know, the way where they're creating things and the silly rules they're putting around things. Um, Was that the catalyst for the series? Were you just like fed up of seeing all of this? Or what was the catalyst for you creating the series? Well, it wasn't really, um, it wasn't really in response to anything. I was just driving to work one day. Um, I called this day the question and it was like two days. It was two years ago because it was in April. Um, I was driving to work one day and I was thinking about all of the things I had been seeing on Witch Talk and how there were some really cool things like um, Pandora 2012, mm-hmm. 2015, um, Coco the Witch. They're like aesthetic aspects to what they present online but it's really grounded in like the basics and I was like I still don't practice like that though the way I practice is these little things that I do every single day um and I'm sitting there it's a 45 minute drive to work and I sit in my car before I go in and I just open up TikTok and just be like hey so I've been doing this for 20 years And I do it a little bit differently than I'm seeing. Would anybody be interested in seeing how I do my practice? No joke, one hour later, that post had probably about 500 likes. I don't know how many views. By the end of that weekend, because I recorded it on a Friday, I had 30,000 followers. When I had started on Friday, I had 200. Oh, my God. (laughs) Oh, my God. By by the end of the next week, I was up to fifty thousand, and um, I was like, okay, I guess I guess people are really interested in seeing this. Um, so I just started talking and answering questions. But as I started doing that, I saw myself starting to fall into the same trap that a lot of the people who do have the more aesthetic practices, who are catering for views. Um, do because I'm a business owner. I look at metrics and I'm always trying to promote my business. So that's how I knew how to interact with social media. So I ended up a few months later pulling back quite a bit because I wasn't, I wasn't presenting myself on Seething River the way I had been the, when I first asked the question. Yeah. I think that video, <clears throat> I think that's how I found you. So I think I found you since the inception of Mundane Witchcraft series um, because I remember seeing you ask that question and me being like immediately, yes, <laughs> I need just a normal, like, especially for somebody. So pretty much everybody that I talk to is neurospicy in some way. Um, I have ADHD. Um, very likely on the spectrum, I just haven't taken the full day, like super expensive test to say yes or no yet. (laughs) Um, but the way my brain works is so overwhelming seeing all of these like really beautifully aesthetic things, really like long involved processes, um, just all of these different rules around things that you need to have this and this, but you can't use this from here. And having such a like balancing calming normal human practice to see online just sort of took that um anxiety away from me because it started feeling like am i doing this wrong this feels like like, i I can't do this this isn't sustainable but then everything that you started sharing felt so sustainable it just felt for me it felt like just 
a balancing out of all of that other stuff. So thank you. <laughs> um, but my goodness, what going from 200 to 30,000. So I had one video go like kind of viral, not super viral, but like baby viral. And I went from, I don't know, maybe a hundred followers to maybe like 10,000 in the span of a couple of weeks. And that felt daunting to me. So I can't imagine going from 200 to 30,000 in the span of a couple of days. That's intense. Uh, it was it was honestly scary yeah. uh, because I I thought I would just be like rambling into the void. Like that's what a lot of my personal accounts always have been. It's just like weird poetry that I come up with and like three people who are all my friends see it and they like it and then that's it. Yeah. Right? I thought it would be that forever. <laughs> So all of a sudden be put into front of all of these people and those videos, like once you get one video that goes semi-viral, you get a few that kick off for a yeah. while. So then I started getting the hate comments um, <sighs> and uh, the, the, the evangelical Christians. And like, I'm very open that I was not raised in the church at all. So this was not an aspect of Christianity that I had ever been exposed to. My aunt is a Lutheran pastor, but she is one of the most laid back people I know. Like she, she wants people to be Christian, Um, but she also knows about my practice and she has never once tried to change my mind. She has never once tried to like get any of us to go to church. She just wants us all to chill. And that's it. That's the perfect. Um, So to see this side of humanity that was I people are horrible. Yeah. Very horrible to people they do not know in any capacity. Yeah, it's intense. So I will say that I'm very lucky <coughs> that I don't have that experience in my comments section. Mm-hmm. Um because most of my stuff is just like silly goofy. I try to sort of convey tarot through quick, easy to digest, silly, goofy, fun. Like I'm just here to have a fun time online. (laughs) Um, You know, that may change, that may evolve. But right now, I'm just being silly. So I don't have a ton of that in my comments. But anytime I go live, the evangelical Christians come out in full force. And I'm just like, please take me away from here. Um, Again, uh, similarly, I did not grow up in that space at all. We were like kind of Methodist, but not really. (laughs) And then stopped going to church completely when I was, I don't know, maybe in middle school. So Again, very laid back experience. I do have fam- family members that aren't evangelical Christians, but like real close to that. So I do have a little bit of that experience, but it's intense. I mean, they just intense. Mm-hmm. I'm here like, look at this pink stuff that I made. <laughs> and they're like screaming at me that I'm going to burn in hell and that I need to read certain passages of the Bible. Like, whoa, everybody calm down. <laughs> Some of the most vitriolic comments I got were like on my simmer pot video where it's like, hey, so I'm like really overwhelmed by the response I got. Uh, so here's just like me making a simmer pot. Right. And it's just like lemons and eucalyptus. And people are telling me that I'm going to go to hell. And it's like, well, um, okay. <laughs> I don't know how to handle this. I'm just making fun soup on my stove. <laughs> Please leave me alone. 
my apartment smells very nice right now. It, yeah, I don't understand it. I, I assume it's fear-based, but I mean, the, again, that could be a whole other podcast episode, so yeah. we won't delve too deep into that. But okay. um, no, no, not at all, because I experienced the same thing, again, not in comments, luckily, but on lives. I'm just – it's a slap in the face when it happens because you would think we're out here saying, and here's how you murder babies. <laughs> like That's yeah. just not at all what is happening, but that's sort of the way they react to – us just existing and it's so silly to me. But in terms of mundane witch tips, you've shared so many, I know. But if you had to pick one, what would you say would be like your most used day-to-day um mundane witchcraft tip that you you use? My favorite one for whether or not you're making a simmer pot, an oil, or you're just trying to put like some herbs together for like a little packet. And you don't know out of all the lists of correspondences, like let's say you were making a money oil and you found like 50 herbs on a correspondence list. And you're like, I don't know how to make an oil, a a simmer pot or whatever out of this. Um, Ask yourself which ones taste good together. From a culinary perspective, if you were going to cook something together, which herbs would you put together? Because not all herbs will work together magically even if they have the same goal. Um, And the ones that tend to go together the best are the ones that will taste the best. And honestly, if you're using ones that taste better, you're more likely to be able to find them in your spice cabinet. And if you can't find them at spice cabinet, you can find them at Target. You can find them at the dollar store. You can find them. so, So you're not going to be having to find a metaphysical shop to go find yourself some Damiana or something like that. Not that you would use Damiana in anything like money related, but um, you could. Depends on how you think of fertility. But That word terrifies me. No more. I don't want any more human (laughs) fertility. (laughs) But um, but yeah, no, that's my favorite one is to think about how these things are going to go together from a very physical mundane aspect of just flavor because those are the ones that are going to work really well together like parsley and thyme uh can work really well together and i'm pretty sure you can use both of those for prosperity workings i love that check everything because it will fall out of my brain immediately um so don't quote (laughs) that's why i have books because my brain will not remember all of the information um but again yeah And so many herbs, you will find them. So I have, uh, I think it's like Llewellyn's book of correspondences where it's just like literally everything. All the things you could think about, you can look them up. Almost all of them have the same herbs. I mean, like anytime you look for, um, you know, grounding or whatever, like you'll see the same herbs listed so many times. But I love, so it can get confusing to figure out which ones to put together, even if you have this massive resource to look at. So I love that idea of, well, would these taste good together? That's such an easy way to think of it. And that's something that I haven't haven't ever thought about. So thank you. Mm -hmm. Um, So you also on TikTok, you recently started sharing about your journey with being diagnosed with and like dealing with rheumatoid arthritis, I believe. Is that correct? Okay. Um, As with most autoimmune diseases, it can really take a toll on people physically and mentally. And 
you having to balance being a business owner, being in the online space, being a partner, (laughs) being a parent, how are you finding sort of like prioritizing your physical and mental well-being while still having to be present for all of these other things? It's It's been hard. I am not going to lie um, because we have not yet found a medication combination that works. We found something that has kind of taken the edge off, um, but not only am I feeling very physically tired, I'm constantly in pain. Um, so, you know, trying to, trying to run my business, I actually have what's, uh, a pop-up clinic, um, which means that at the beginning of my shift and the end, um, I pull everything out of a closet and I set it all up and then I tear it all down. And, um, do you know what a gravity chair is? They're like those reclining chairs. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I'm pulling two gravity chairs Jeez. and sometimes a massage table out of a closet and putting it back in. Um, I can't park in the parking lot, so I'm having to walk to my car and back. And um, it's all ice, and I live in fear of falling. I have a cane now, and I've been using a cane for about six months. But it takes me three, four times as long to get to the car that I'm used to. Um one of my greatest regrets is that my child will come up and ask to play with me and I won't have the energy because I will have spent the spoons on doing something like making sure to get taxes done, uh, which has not happened yet. I keep trying. Same. (laughs) (laughs) But um, it's really, it's not a matter of getting all the things done that I need to get done. It's getting as much done as I can afford to. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me and like TikTok falls to the bottom of that yeah. list and out, out of necessity um I'll record videos when I'm home alone and just like need a little bit of a brain break maybe it's a mercury hour <laughs> or something like that and I feel like playing um but uh yeah it's it's been rough I can't even imagine and especially as somebody who um by trade cares for other people and then as a partner and as a parent cares for other people it's so easy to tell other people to look after themselves first and take care of themselves first and put their well-being first but then in practice it's so hard to do do you find that you struggle with allowing yourself the time and space that you need to feel well I am very much a take my advice. I'm not using it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, um, so yeah, I will. I have spent the past 10 or 15 years telling my patients who are primarily moms. Um, and if they aren't moms, they're usually default parents uh, to rest. <laughs> yeah. That has been my message for 10 or 15 years. It doesn't matter the time of year. Um, like the summer is a more young time of year and you're supposed to be a little bit more active and constantly reminding people there's still a little bit of yin and yang. You still need to rest. And then all winter I'm telling people to relax. I don't do any of that. (laughs) I don't, I am terrible at resting. Um, last April when I was essentially bedridden, I was still having to get up and take care of 
take care of my child and stuff yeah. like that. And people were constantly telling me to lay back down. Just constantly. I'm not there anymore. Like I'm not, I'm not bed, bed bound anymore, but that, that one was rough. And I remember staring at the ceiling going, maybe if I had rested when I had told everybody else that that's what they should be doing. Maybe this rest thing I keep banging on about to everybody else is really, maybe there's something to that. Maybe maybe there's something to it. (laughs) It's so hard as a parent too. Um, And I mean, just like societally, there's so much pressure on women, feminine, uh, feminine presenting people to do it all and be it all with a smile on your face and you know, be happy and don't ask for anything, but you still have to do everything. Um, Do you feel that, like, have you internalized any of that societal pressure in this process? So not only did I internalize the societal pressure of being like, um, like I I am the formerly talented and gifted student. Yes. Right. (laughs) Um, So I made myself graduate summa cum laude with my master's. I like I, I pushed myself doing that while working four different jobs. And then um, I made myself once I had a kid like working in holistic health, you have all of this pressure to do things in certain ways. Like you um, there's the whole anti-vax thing. <sighs> which like, we don't need to get into the politics of it, but that was one major point of contention where I was doing the wrong thing with like air quotes around it because I went and did the full vaccine series. Um, And you're supposed to play with your child at all times. And it's like, well, I have a business to run. Uh, You're supposed to do Montessori. And it's like, we live in a converted hotel room from the 1920s i don't have space to make my child their own washing station and also it, that doesn't work for every child it really no, doesn't it, does it did it would not have worked for my libra sun aries moon <laughs> at all so um mine is a virgo sun libra moon libra rising <sighs> and um if if things if, if if they have to make a decision. Oh, my God. The Libra. Listen. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, but, yeah. It's um, a constant so, battle with mine. I'm like, please, just you pick. Please. It's not going to be forever. You can make a decision for the next 20 yes. minutes. It's okay. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, but, yeah. So, like, I fell into that pressure of, like, trying to be the perfect natural mom, but also – this is so Gemini where you're trying to be two things at once at all times, because I'm also a very evidence-based practitioner, very grounded in science. And this is, this is the way things are. Right. Um, I have gotten really off track with what I was saying. No, not at all. Not at all. We're talking about the internalized like societal pressure. Oh yes. Um, So the internalized societal pressure of like constantly, performing that image of motherhood and that image of being a natural practitioner. And then also, um, I mentioned earlier that I was not raised in the Christian church. When I was in third grade, my dad joined uh, the Church of Scientology. Oh. Uh, I don't talk about it a okay. lot. And um, for all the lawyers out there, I am not going to poop on the church. Okay. okay? Just <laughs> leave me out of your lawsuits. Um, but uh, 
he was very clear that my mom and I did not need to practice with him, but there was a certain amount that he needed to bring home in order for him to advance. And a lot of people don't realize that the church of Scientology is very much a pull yourself up by the bootstrap sort of situation. And by the time a child is seven, they're a miniature adult. Oh my God. So they have all the expectations of adulthood. And by then I was nine. So I was, I've, I've had that expectation of performing at an adult level for the vast majority of my life. Which is just exhausting. Um, Yes. So I had that internalized, not societal pressure, but familial pressure to um, make sure that I was, I got a good job. Like my parents did the best they could. Um, But if I went up to them and said I wanted to be a nurse, they would ask me why I didn't want to be a doctor. If I wanted to be a paralegal, why don't you want to be a lawyer? I want to be a vet tech. Why don't you want to be a veterinarian? So I had that internalized too. It's like, why don't you always want to be the best thing? Oh my God. There is no best yeah. thing. You're defining best by how much money it right. makes, not by how happy I would be doing the thing that I want to do. I would guess, I think we're similar in age. Are your parents on the tail end of Boomer? Yeah, oh, yeah. same. No, I, I think, I'm trying to remember, either you were like a year older than me or a year younger, but we're almost exactly the same age. I turned 37 in August. Yeah, no, we're almost okay. the same. <laughs> um, yeah, so yes, I have a um, tail end boomer mother, and I, so I, my um, like giftedness and my, so my ADHD, which I didn't get diagnosed until recently, is inattentive. And I also have um, so many fire placements that you cannot tell me what to do ever, ever, ever. <laughs> um, we'll, Sun, Leo rising, Leo Mercury, Leo Mars. Like <laughs> I've got, um, whoa, and then a few others. I'm I'm not great with astrology. I'm learning, but and then a few other different fireplaces. So I'm just like and Aquarius Moon. Like you can't tell me what to do. <laughs> so I went the opposite direction because my mom was very much like, you know, she was a single parent. She put herself through college and then midwifery school, like while I was alive, and she and she was very studious um, as a child. And, you know, in Mensa and very much like you have, like, don't you, this is how you do things. Uh, Also a boomer. So like you do this and then you get this and then you retire and then this, the end. And I just went the opposite direction. I was like, absolutely not. No, thank you. (laughs) Um, So different side of the coin, but I fully understand the boomer and not to – I hate to, like – I'm not pitting generations against each other, but there is this, like, ideal that the boomers were sold that, like, worked for them and then immediately quit working after their generation. Um, so I understand that pressure, definitely. Um, so what advice would you give any – like, anybody that's a small business owner or looking to be a small business owner that is recently um, or maybe suspects – they're going to be diagnosed with any sort of like autoimmune disease, something that is going to make things harder for them, um, you know, physically, mentally, whatever, and having to figure out how to prioritize. Like from your your lived experience, what would you advise someone to do going into that? I would say figure out what the minimum amount of tasks you need to complete to keep your business running, not to grow 
or anything like that. Figure out what the minimum tasks are. And um, those are the things you will try and probably fail to complete every day. And it's okay. It is okay that you don't get all of those things done. But for like, I have a physical checklist, um, which is made out of clothes. I have seen your video on this. I love it. But um, I have daily tasks of doing my planner, checking my emails, checking my schedule, um, because sometimes people can do like new patient interviews on a Tuesday night. Uh, that one surprised me last oh, night. Gosh. So it's like, oh, okay, so I have something on Tuesday. Um, checking my bank accounts to make sure everything is being transferred to the right places. Um, and then making sure I'm up to date <laughs> on my invoicing and notes. That's it. On a good day, that should take me less than 45 minutes. But that will keep my business running. And then I have weekly tasks of like checking my bills, making sure my clinic laundry is done, recording my expenses and all of that to make tax season easier. Um, but figure out what those things are for your business. Um, I'm not a maker. I don't make products. Um, but uh, if it's, if you're a maker, maybe it's like, see, checking your inventory, um, and seeing what sales were made overnight and making lists of what you would need to do on a day where you did have more energy to put stuff together that you might be able to send out. That was going to be my next question. Um, are there days where you feel like you can front load work or does that set you up for feeling worse the next day? <laughs> well, that's always a coin flip. Okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, there are days that it does feel a little bit better. There are entire seasons where I feel better. Um, I definitely feel better in the summer than the winter. Uh, the cold definitely makes the pain yeah. worse. Um, so during those times, I front load a lot of stuff. Um, I will, like, I'm feeling pretty good today. And so long as I don't get off task after this, I could probably get a good couple of hours of my taxes done. Now it's going to be a coin flip tomorrow if that burns me out. Yeah. I don't know if it's going to. And there's no way to tell. <sighs> there's absolutely zero way to tell. Um, I've tried. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm very Gemini, collect all the data and put it in a spreadsheet and see where all the things fit. I like to do that. It's a very mercurial thing um, to see all of like the little minutiae. My husband and my child are Virgo. They like to see the big picture with all of that data, yeah. but I like the little things. And I've tried. I've looked at changes in pressure. I've looked at my basal body temperature. I've looked at the things I've eaten. There's no way to predict it. Don't drive yourself nuts. Just take each day as it comes and just be like, okay, so today is the thing I'm going to get things done. I'm going to get as much as I can get done and stop at 80%. Oh, that's a, that's really good advice as well, because I, I very grateful. I don't um, deal with any uh, physical um, disabilities or issues, but I very much will go past whatever my 100% is without thinking. Um, like even dealing with an injury, I will just keep going. And I know many people are the same way. Um, my mom, also Gemini, <laughs> uh, currently has really bad rheumatoid arthritis in her knees. She needs both knees replaced and has needed it for probably like three or four years now. But she just keeps on 
doing all the stuff she shouldn't do and working on her feet and wearing the cute shoes <laughs> instead of caring what's happening to her body. Um, so stopping at 80% is such a good piece of advice because so many of us will not and don't even think about it until after the fact when you're miserable the next day. Um, gosh, I just can't, I can't even imagine. It must be so frustrating to not be able to sort of have some predictor. Okay. If I do this, I'm, it might be stealing this from myself tomorrow, but at least I'll know what I'll feel like. It's just sort of a coin flip and good luck. We'll see. We'll see how tomorrow turns out. We've talked about your neurospiciness, um, but we haven't talked about mine. I'm not diagnosed, but I know I am autistic. I know Same. I am autistic. <laughs> yes. Um, I know my family. I know it's a family <laughs> thing. That's just, it's a family yes. thing. <laughs> um, but uh, to not be able to predict something and to be constantly thrown out of my routine. I hate it. <laughs> it's awful. It's it is so bad. <laughs> yeah, I. That's why. I mean, it just made me immediately physically physically uncomfortable being for you, thinking like, but like, how would you know then? <laughs> like, you need to know, because then how do you? It. it I just can't. Um, yeah. I again. So I met with a psychiatrist who I didn't realize their main goal was to medicate. And that wasn't what I was looking for diagnosis, not necessarily like medication at this point. And she told me that she, maybe she just wasn't very good at her job. I don't know. But um, because I don't fit neatly into the box, she was like, yeah, it's probable. But like I, technically I can't say yes to you because you don't check um, enough of the boxes. Or you don't fit neatly into the box. So you need to go take this like all day evaluation that costs a bunch of money is really hard to get. And I was like, oh, okay. I don't need that confirmation for myself. I'm not looking for like any sort of assistance or anything. So I don't specifically need that. But it's good to know because I'm seeing it in my child as well. <laughs> and I didn't know my father, but I suspect <laughs> very much based on stories about him. So um, yeah, that having that routine is so important. It's um, my husband who is very much not neurospicy in any way, which just I ask him constantly, it must be so nice. What does it feel like in there? <laughs> it must be so quiet. <laughs> um, he doesn't understand the need for routine. And I'm just constantly telling him like my bedtime rules. I have to have my blanket here and I have to do this. Like not knowing how I'm going to feel the next day would be so stressful for me. So I can't even imagine how are you – sort of helping yourself to come to terms with that. So um, I'm actually doing it. I've given up doing it mundane ways. I'm very much a mundane over magical person. Right. So it's been a year. It's been a year. I changed my diet. I did the exercises. I went to the doctor and taking the meds and doing all the things. It's not working yet. So um, I have decided that um, – I'm going to do this from a more magical and more spiritual uh, place. And I'm just coming to terms, uh, spending a lot of time coming to terms, not with the person I was or the person I want to be, but the physical body that I have, because I have no choice. Right. This is, this is the body that I have. 
and there is not going to be a change in the future as far as we know. So I need to accept the fact that this is what it's going to be. I need to accept the fact that it's going to be unpredictable yeah. every day. Um, so it's been a lot of uh, doing meditations before bed um, and paying attention to my dreams and really starting to dive more deeply into the emotional aspect of this, which as as someone um, cursed with an air sign and so much water in my chart, like I am in denial <laughs> all of my subconscious. It has been a journey um, that has been paying off. Like I, I've, I really only started it this year. Like I'm not into the whole new year, new me. Thing, yeah. But 2023 is the year I accept the body that I have and just try to do the best with it. And, you know, it's, it's, it's been a couple of weeks and, um, a, a really intense focus on this. And I feel, I feel like it's starting to help. It's just, it's a lot slower. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm starting to be more patient. I'm starting to flow a little bit more. Um, like if I have to get something done, but my child wants to play, it's like, okay, we can play for 20 minutes. Um, and then I go do that and I can sometimes come back and get back into what I was doing. Um, and I'm hopeful that as I continue doing this, that will get easier. Uh, cause I don't really know how else I'm going to do right. it. So this is, this is my current option. The emotional component is such a big part of it. And working with that and healing that and just helping yourself come to terms with like, we are where we are. That's not to say give up trying all the other things on top of it. I mean, absolutely keep doing all those things, but um, being able to get yourself into a headspace and which is not linear and which will change day to day, I'm sure. Um, But that's really good advice for anybody that is in a similar position to really Focus on throwing yourself into working out your emotions, figuring out what they are, becoming friends with them, and getting yourself just to a place where you accept that each day is what you have and this is how it's going to be and you can't magic it away. So you have to just internally become cool with it. Um, Yeah, that's such a big, big part of – I mean literally anything, but – especially this process, especially for somebody who is also neurospicy and likes routine and to know what's coming, to have a way to sort of deal with it when it's not routine. And I do want to make a point here that this is not toxic positivity. I'm not making myself be grateful for the body I have. I am not making myself wake up and be excited. Like I have one more day. It's like, no, today's going to suck. It took me this morning um, getting out of bed. Uh, It's, it's like maybe 15 feet to the bathroom. It took me a good minute to get there to make sure that like each step I was steady enough to be able to make it. And that was like with leaning on the wall and stuff. It's like, okay, today's going to suck. I might not get a lot done. Um, But I think it's really important to make that distinction. Like 
don't be toxically positive yes. because when you cut yourself off from those emotions, you're cutting yourself off from like a lot of what makes you you and what will ultimately help you accept where you are. Yeah, absolutely. We are very, <coughs> very anti-toxic positivity here as like fun and silly and goofy as I am online. Um, I'm also very clear about being anti-love light uh, rainbows are going to fix everything because toxic positivity is it, like you said, cuts yourself off from so much of what's truly there and for you. And also it is a slippery slope to a pipeline that you don't want to go down. The, Very true. Yeah, the, the love and light community is a dangerous slide that will take you to a place you don't want to be. So deal with reality, but also like learn to work with your reality. Don't pretend it doesn't exist. Toxic positivity pretends things don't exist. It's very much compartmentalized, shove away, ignore. And we're not doing that here. So that's I'm glad you brought that up. Um, along the lines of advice, and since we've been talking about both of our neurospiciness, as a neurospicy business owner, do you have any like tips or tricks that work particularly well for your brain? I know it's different for everybody, but um, I just think it's so important for people to hear from multiple different sources. I sort of talked about it with everybody who's willing to be open about their neurospiciness here because we all have different things that work for us. I know you have your um, clothespin system, which I love, and you have a whole video on that people can go check out. But do you have any other tips or tricks that work for you? Um, I have one that I actually learned tangentially from an ADHD book. I do not have ADHD. Um, but I was listening to it thinking, you know, maybe I do. And I listened to the entire book. It was like, absolutely. <laughs> um, but uh, there is one, I hate the name of it. And I have a video of it um, related to the clothespin system on my page. But it's called a tickler file. Oh. <laughs> right? oh. <laughs> and it's from the guy who does the getting things done system. Okay. Um, which is just a bunch it's it's a folder system calendar and that's what i use for my calendar as opposed to anything on the computer or my phone because i have such bad notification fatigue um it overwhelms my senses to get notifications and now i have this garmin that buzzes when i get notifications (laughs) and it's absolutely not we're not we're turning off notifications for everything um, so, um, if you can get past the name, uh, you could look up a tickler file, okay. but there's a folder for each month of the year, a folder for each day of the year, and you just cycle things through. And then I can write notes on a post-it note and just throw it in there. I, um, if it's a permanent reminder, I put it on like a, uh, index card and move it from month to month. Like that's what I do for moons. I have a new moon card, a last quarter moon card, and a full moon card, and I move them to the day that they're going to be, as well as the reminders. Um, I haven't been doing the moon reminders as much on my TikTok, okay. but I want to get back Because you are the only reason I know what moon is coming. <laughs> I gave up yeah, trying yeah, to remember. I, I, will, I will try <laughs> to get back into it, because I have to do it three days before the moon, because otherwise people don't see yeah. it until like a week after the moon. Um Thanks. Yeah. 
Uh-huh. You, you genuinely, you were the only reason I'd see your TikToks being like, reminder, it's whatever moon. And I'm like, okay, let's do this. I remember it's the moon now. I, I just cannot – my brain cannot deal with remembering when the moon is. So I was just like, all right, we're going to rely on this. We need to prioritize that space for other things. Um, so that's my that's my really practical advice that may be helpful for both people with ADHD and autism. Um, but the other one, um, I don't know how helpful it is going to be for people, and it might be a little bit controversial. Um, oh. But it's to embrace masking. Yeah. When you have a face to face business, yes. Because when you are good at masking you mirror people back to themselves and there's nothing a neurotypical person loves more than to talk to themselves. It makes them so comfortable. They love it. So comfortable. And as a patient talking to people about things that are, as a practitioner talking to patients about things that, um, like a lot of people don't realize this about the natural birth world. It's full of really conservative people. who don't really like to talk about the baby making process, but they're coming in for fertility work who don't really like to talk about the body fluids that might be involved in the fertility or birthing process. And I have to have this conversation with them and be very frank about it. Um, To be able to do it in a way that have them just like settle back or like even there, there is definitely a neuro spicy radar that we all have. To be able to sense someone might be neurospicy and talk to them in a way that also makes them comfortable, like drop the mask yeah. a little bit. Um, like really lean in to not only that you mask, but how many different masks you have. Um, and the reason I think that's controversial is I see so many people who have recently been diagnosed doing the same thing that a lot of evangelicals do when they leave the church is like, I don't want anything to do with all of the things I've been forced right. to do. And I get that. I get it. But it's also actually a really helpful tool. Yeah, absolutely. It took so again, I didn't I wasn't <coughs> diagnosed with anything until like last year. And my whole life, I'm like, why do people constantly tell me like their life story? Like why are people so comfortable talking to me? Because when I'm not thinking about it, I'm not masking, and I didn't realize I was doing this, I have the worst resting bitch face. Like my face just looks like that because that's just, you know, level. That's just normal for me. Um, and I don't look approachable. <laughs> but then I realized, oh, because I'm mirroring people <laughs> when I talk to them. So, yeah, it, it's, it is very, very helpful thing. And, again, yeah, I, I understand the um, – you know, once you're diagnosed, wanting to say, like, rip off the mask and feeling free and getting to be yourself. But when you're having to deal with the rest of the world, it's helpful for you, like, in your relationships and talking with people, but it's also just helpful for you, like, to not – for me, masking helps me not have to absorb all the crazy energy on top of it from other people. So – that's actually one of the aspects of masking that I think is actually magical where um, masking is a form of shielding. And if you can do it intentionally, you can protect yourself from a heck of a lot of everything that's going on around you. Um, And I, I feel, especially for people who are more spiritual or who are practicing witches 
um, who are also neurospicy, if they can actually like take hold of it as a tool, it can be so effective to do it in a way that comes naturally yeah. to you. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I fully agree because there is a difference between, um, you know, like being two-faced or fake and masking. Masking is literally just how we go about interacting with other people um, in the most comfortable way, in a way that protects our space and our energy as well. Um, it's not the same as like lying or being somebody different. Um, Listen, I'm autistic. I'm incapable of being too. <laughs> I did not get that part of it. I was very good at lying when I was a teenager. I well, no, I'm not good at being two faced. You can look at my face and tell me what I, or you can look at my face and tell what I think of you. Like immediately, I, I can't hide that. But I, I did. I was very good at lying as a teenager. But again, that could have been my uh, neurospicy ability to like think of all the things first, think of all the pieces <laughs> before anybody else did. Um, I do. I no longer use those powers for evil. <laughs> um, the last piece of like the neurospicy stuff I want to talk about is I recently saw. Um, your video about demand avoidance. One, can you tell me a little bit about what it is? Because I'd never heard of it. Um, and then two, have you figured out any workarounds for it when it comes to work? Because I know you're in your video sort of you talking about getting in your own way when it comes to work with demand avoidance. So um, pathological demand avoidance is the technical term for it, but a lot of neurospicy people have started calling it a persistent demand for autonomy. Okay. So it's the same acronym. And I do like that more because it's like, yes, I want to do the thing that I want to do. But basically PDA is the the things that you're supposed to do. Everything is demand. Like brushing your teeth is demand, right? Um, the fact that every 20 minutes, I haven't been doing it and we don't need to do it. But every 20 minutes, I'm supposed to get up and walk around. Uh, so that my joints don't stiffen up. That is a demand. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, the fact that I need to eat is a demand. It's it's not something I really want to be doing. But then there's the actual demands and requests of life, which is um, doing my taxes and doing my daily list and my child asking to play with them. That That's a big one that I've been having to cope with this past yeah. week. Because my immediate response when I am overwhelmed is no, absolutely not to any of that. And I will sit here and I will stare at my computer screen until you go away and I can have the time to decide to do it myself. Okay. So that's, that's the pathological. I think I might have this then. (laughs) (laughs) But it's, it's like you can get so obstinate with it that it starts to cause you harm. Like you can imagine if you have a PDA response to brushing your teeth for long enough, that's going to cause actual health problems. Um, So I suspected I had it a long time ago, like when I first started learning about this a year or a year or two ago. Um, But I realized how much of a problem it was causing last week. And then I started to realize, oh, this is actually where a lot of the arguments between me and my five-year-old come from. Um, (laughs) Because they want to do something right now. And it's like, well, I don't want to do that right now. No. And that is not, one, a mature response. Um, And it's not helpful. 
and it's not supportive. Um, and a lot of times I will force my way through it, but forcing your way through it actually makes the PDA worse. Oh goodness. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's, um, because it increases your chances of burnout. It increases those feelings of burnout. So one of the things I've been doing is basically treating my PDA in my brain like they are a little five-year-old and bribing them to do the things. <laughs> I love bribing. I, I don't know if this is the most healthy response, but you know what? It's working for me. So it's like, okay, we can play Sims for 20 minutes and and then and then we can go do this other thing that we need to do and if we get that thing done then maybe we can have a nice cup of coffee how does that sound and then my little and your five-year-old goes yay let's do that okay so i'm already doing this without realizing it so i'm, I'm thinking about back in my entire life and going hmm this is starting to make a lot of sense now um i do it with reading like i'm currently reading the throne of glass series and that's all literally all I, I want to do because my hyper focus says do this and only this. Um, so I will allow myself to do it if I also do things that I don't want to do because I'm telling myself to do them. So, okay, I'm already naturally doing this. Goodness. We find our coping skills. Uh, like that's, that's a lot of what the- bribery works just for so many different things. That's our tip. Bribe, bribe everybody, bribe yourself, bribe your children. Um, so let's get into the three questions that I ask every guest on the show. Inner child healing is just such a big part of everybody's journey. And I talk about it all the time. Lots of my work is, uh, surrounding that. But if 10 year old river could see you now, what would they say? They, um, they would be very confused. (laughs) Okay. They would be be very confused. Um, because 10 year old river thought that they were going to do the same thing that mom and dad did, um, which is to work in a cubicle and bang out code for 40 hours a week. No, no. (laughs) I actually started going to school for all of that. And then I hit my Saturn return. That'll do it. (laughs) And um, I went to massage school because it's like, I want a hands-on skill. Um, and this going to school to learn all of this other stuff is not working, has not been working. And then halfway through massage school, I decided to get my master's in acupuncture or, um, I'm going to I'm going to keep saying acupuncture cause I hate the actual name of my major. It is technically racist. Oh goodness. Fun. <laughs> okay. We are, we are applying as a field to change the name of most of our board certifications and degrees. Oh, good. But that's a whole different topic. Okay. But no, she'd, she'd be very confused. She'd be very confused. She'd be very happy that um, I have a child because she always wanted to be a mom. Um, but to be doing herbalism and talking about witchcraft online, because like I said, dad was very open about religions in general but what i didn't say is we could explore anything we wanted um we had this series of books that was um some writings on confucianism buddhism taoism the torah oh i'm a horrible person i can't remember the name of the holy book for um for uh islam Quran? thank yep. you oh my <laughs> gosh 
and then, and then the Bible. And then we also had the Pagan Book of Days. Wow. And we could read, I could read those whenever I wanted. The only rule was that I couldn't hurt anybody. The, the flaw, I, I could study anything. I could be anything. I could not hurt anybody. I love that. It was phrased differently because my dad is has a Scorpio stellium. Oh. <laughs> and a Gemini moon. Oh my goodness. What a combo. Oh yeah, it's amazing. Um, because I distinctly remember being five years old and it was in the middle of the satanic panic, and instead of saying do not hurt anyone, dad's like, just don't no human sacrifices and don't kill animals, okay? <laughs> not a problem, Dad. Okay, she's five. Five years old. Oh my goodness. She'd be confused, but maybe she'd probably be happy. I think she'd be happy. I didn't know her, but I think she would be happy. From from (laughs) what I am have gleaned thus far online and in our conversation, I think she'd be happy. You seem like a very lovely, intelligent, and just wonderfully grounded person. So I think she'd be happy too. And your job is really cool. I will say I grew up with a midwife. So in a similar like sort of space, um, like in similar field, thought it was the grossest thing just that ever existed (laughs) as her daughter. But I think it's very cool now. Um, Part of my brand and like all of my Leoness is also helping other people embrace Leo levels of self-love. So that being said, tell me three things that you love about yourself. I've been dreading this question because I heard you ask. Everyone hates it. (laughs) Everyone hates it. (laughs) I had somebody recently be like, I prepared for this, but now I don't even know. (laughs) So the one thing that I know, uh, because I, I, this is the one I told you I didn't want to rehearse the questions, but this is the the one that I tried rehearsing and I got to one. (laughs) That's not enough. Was that I am very stubborn, (laughs) but um, in a really tenacious sort of way, like I will, I will get it done. And if nobody else wants to do it, I will do it by myself. Listen, this will get (laughs) done because it needs to, and someone needs to do it. And I've always... I've always liked that I could do that, even if it wasn't something I necessarily wanted to do. And I might, you, I might be dragging myself, kicking and screaming into doing it, but I'll do it. Um, and kind of related to that. And I think, I think Brie is the one who said this, but I'm extremely scrappy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, That was Brett. Yeah. And I do also love that by myself. I, th- I think that that is related to being stubborn. Um, where, like, right now I'm finding myself in a position where I'm needing to reinvent my business because it needs to be something I'm physically capable of doing. Right. So um, I'm learning how to do Western herbalism because it's very different oh. from traditional Chinese herbalism. Um, so that I can put together Western prepared tinctures of Chinese formulas so that I can sell them because they do not sell labor inducing or postpartum formulas in tinctures. And I cannot get people to take raw herb decoctions. I cannot do it. They're not going to do it. They never do. (laughs) So like I'm reinventing my business and anytime I come up against a roadblock, I am capable of reinventing some major portion of my life to make it continue going forward. 
Got one more. <laughs> um, you know what? I'm a good cook. Awesome. I, I'm not a celebrity chef style. Like you're gonna get it beautifully plated. No, same. Um, but not only will you get something like hearty that will feed you and like make you happy. Um, I'm, I use the same stuff that I grew up cooking in that my mom got when she moved out of her house at 18. Oh, wow. Like, like the, the, the pots have names. There's the spaghetti pot, there's the popcorn <laughs> pot, there's, right? But if you could imagine the amount of love that has gone into cooking in those things for the past 50 years. Yeah. Um, like I add all of that to the stuff that I'm cooking and um, because of my background in Chinese medicine, there's always this medicinal nutritional component to the foods too. So I love that I can make these foods that not only make my family happy, but help them be healthy. I love that. And you also have the capability of adding a magical element to it. You got so many different uh, angles to come at with food. I love cooking as well. Um, but my grandmother was horrible at cooking, so I have none of her kitchen things, <laughs> but so it's really cool. I love that. Um, the entire premise of this podcast is highlighting small businesses, like giving advice for small businesses where we can from our learned experiences, lifting other small businesses up, all that. Um, so what small business have you been loving lately that you'd like to give a shout out to? I'm really hoping this is the same one I told you it, because I forgot what I wrote down, uh, but it's of fat bones. Okay. Um, is when, um, and they will do these right now. They're only PDF background, uh, information on, uh, various things that they have on their Etsy shop. Um, but, uh, the the way they teach about their own cultural practice is really cool because they are Roma. Oh, okay. Um, so they talk about things that are open, obviously. Um, but uh, they share a lot about herbalism and stuff. And I'm pretty sure their pronouns are they. Okay. Um, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> um, but every once in a while, they have physical products. And I bought one of their mystery boxes Ooh. once. And it was the most amazing. I, I bought it kind of as a gift to myself. Um, but I got some like Labradorite chips. I got uh, some calendula, some catnip, some Damiana. It was interesting. I kept getting Damiana from various places. It's like, why hmm. am I getting sent so much Damiana? Um, I was thinking maybe of using a whole bunch of that for making like a fertility salve because I don't know what to do <laughs> in my practice. Um, but I got a whole bunch of really cool stuff in that mystery box. So I'm kind of waiting for them to have another mystery box back. Because I bought the small one. And some of the big ones, you can get, like, they, they've had animal bones, antlers, and stuff oh, like that. Oh, neat. I love mystery boxes. <laughs> I love a mystery box. Um, I just – I pulled up your – uh, responses while you were chatting just to make sure it was the person that you – and, yes, you said of bat, of bat bones on TikTok. I'm pretty sure it's of bat yeah, bones and or of bat and bones. You put gilded moon um, arcanum slash of bat bones yeah. on TikTok. 
Okay. Yes, the, uh, Gilded Moon Arcanum is the name of their episode. Okay, perfect. I just wanted to make sure I got it all out there. Awesome. Okay, well, let's go out on that uplifting note. Tell everybody where they can find you online. I know not business-wise, but just in your online space. Yeah, um, so you can find me at Seething River on TikTok. Um, I am getting into a season where I do start making a few more videos because I tend to start feeling a little bit better. Um, so uh, I'm, I'm talking a little bit less about mundane witchcraft and more about life in general these days, which because of mundane witchcraft is included in everything. Right? Yeah. Um, but uh, you can find me there. And then I'm going to start posting more on Instagram. I've said that for a year now, but I, it's going to happen. Um, and then you can find me on Mastodon. Oh, what is this? I don't know this platform. Um, it is uh, one of the Twitter alternatives. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm not on Twitter at all. So, But um, I think... It's seething river at witches dot live. Okay, perfect. Do you have a Discord <laughs> as well? Do I remember that correctly? Oh, I do have a okay. Discord, um, and that is uh, you can find it in my link tree. So if you go to um, either seething uh, the the Instagram or TikTok, you can find my link tree. But it's the Wibbling Horde, uh, which is a joke from like the first month of that. 50,000 people flooding into my life um but uh it's it's a fun little discord it's mostly a bunch of of women and non-binary afab people talking about parenting and witchcraft Ah, oh i love that it's very chill i feel like i tried to join a while ago and then I could not wrap my brain around Discord and it never works. So I'm going to try again. <laughs> I'm going to come to your leak tree. And I will put all of this information in the show notes. So all of the correct spellings and everything will be there. I'll link all your stuff there. Um, my name is Jackie, a.k.a. Your Cosmic Bestie. And you can find me at Your Cosmic Bestie on TikTok and Instagram. You can book a reading with me or find any of my magical goodies at yourcosmicbestie.com. And if you want to join the Work and Witch family, come hang out with us on Instagram at Work and Witch. Again, all of it will be in the show notes. But thank you again, River, so much for being here. I really appreciate it. And I feel like I could ask you a million more questions. So if you're ever interested in coming back on, I would love to have you back. <laughs> Just let me know. All right. Thank you so much. Have a great day. Okay, bye.